A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth, the coastlands will wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with its crops, who gives breath to its people and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you and set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement, and from the dungeon, those who live in darkness. Salvation. 
Dominus Vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Ioane. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served, while Lazarus was one of those reclining at table with him. Mary took a liter of costly perfumed oil made from genuine aromatic nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and dried them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then Judas the Iscariot, one of his disciples and the one who would betray him, said, Why was this oil not sold for 300 days' wages and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for, about the poor, but because he was a thief and held the money bag and used to steal the contributions. So Jesus said, leave her alone. Let her keep this for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The large crowd of the Jews found out that he was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And the chief priests plotted to kill Lazarus too, because many of the Jews were turning away and believing in Jesus because of him. As we're approaching the Easter Triduum, and in particular, Holy Thursday and Good Friday, the readings throughout Holy Week are leading up to those events. They're leading up to Jesus. Well, first of all, we've already seen Jesus enter into Jerusalem, not as a conquering king on a horse, you know, with a ready to conquer the Romans, but he enters on a meek animal, on a donkey, showing that he comes in peace. And then, despite the fact that he comes in peace, despite the fact that he comes as this unimposing figure, he still stirs up a variety of emotions and a variety of reactions anywhere from pure hatred to great love, just depending on who, who we're seeing, is reacting to him. And in this particular episode, you know, prior to this episode with the uh, anointing of his feet with oil, one of the greatest events, one of the greatest miracles that Jesus had ever performed had taken place and that was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. This was something that was entirely unique, and you could see that the raising of Lazarus from the dead in the Gospel of John was a turning point 
in the Gospel of John. It was because of that miracle, because of him raising Lazarus from the dead, that we first, we see different reactions, like I said. We see that the Jews that were there, that were consoling Martha and Mary, came to believe in him. They, they saw this miracle, they witnessed this with their own eyes, and they had heard his word, and they came to believe in his word. But the Pharisees and the chief priests had a much different reaction to this. You know, they were threatened. You know, they're, they, they're, for, for whatever reason, because of their, their pride, because of their uh, self-centeredness, whatever it might be, they were, they were afraid. They were jealous. They were envious of him. And so it was at that point that they were seeking with more fervor to put him to death. And it was because of that that Jesus could no longer go about in public because they were seeking after his life much more aggressively. So this is a turning point in his ministry. He had to remain in private at this point. And he's getting closer and closer to when he's going to have the Passover, to have the Last Supper with his disciples, which we'll see recounted beginning in chapter 13 of John's Gospel into chapter 17, through chapter 17. And so we're, we're seeing the tension building, and then we're also seeing what is revealed in this reading as the one who would betray him. You know, one who had been with him since the beginning of his ministry, who had been called to be one of the apostles, one who was so close to him, who had heard his teachings. But he never allowed those teachings to sink into his heart. His heart was still hardened towards Jesus. And so, and it was because of Judas that they, the, uh, the Pharisees found out about Jesus' location. If it wasn't for Judas, the betrayer, you know, Jesus would have remained in hiding. But of course, Jesus knew that this was coming. He knew that his death was coming, and he even predicted this. He, he expressed this time and time again, and we see even after this reading with the, the woman who anoints his feet, that he has come to lay down his life. You know, he who seeks to lose his life, or to, who loses his life for my sake, will find it. But he who seeks to save his life will lose it. And he has come willingly to lay down his life for all of us. And what's interesting about this anointing of his feet with oil is if you look at the sacrifices in the Old Testament, you know, many of the, the sacrifices in the Old Testament, the animal sacrifices and even the grain, the sacrifices of grain, often involved oil. And they also involved incense. And this oil that he's anointed with in this reading, has this fragrance, this beautiful, you know, very pleasing fragrance. And so we're, we're seeing how Jesus is being prepared, how Mary is preparing Jesus' body 
for this sacrifice, for his burial. And how this sacrifice, you know, it's not just him being condemned as a criminal, but the fact that he is laying down his life, he is offering this as a sacrifice in obedience to the Father, and this is the one acceptable sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. This is the sacrifice that is pleasing to God, that is truly pleasing to God, the only begotten Son who does the Father's will. And all of those who are united to Christ in his death, you know, which we are united to Christ in his death at our baptism, and we remain united to him if we remain in his word, we remain in a state of sanctifying grace at the moment of our death, if we share in his life and we share in his death and we remain in him at our death, and lay down our lives along with him, then we know that Good Friday, we know that the death of Christ is not the end. That we look forward with him to the resurrection to new life. But we have to to be willing to lay down our lives. You know, we have to let go of our earthly life. We have to let go of anything that we're clinging to in this world because it's not going to last. You know, naked we came into this world and naked we're going to leave this world. We're not going to take anything with us. So this is a good opportunity for us to examine ourselves and to think of all of those things that we might be attached to. And we all have those attachments. And to ask the Lord for the grace to let go of those things And I'm not just talking about material things, but even just attachments to people. You know, inordinate attachments to people or to to things or to places or whatever it might be. uh, Inordinate attachments to even receiving praise or receiving compliments, whatever it might be. You know, if we have an inordinate attachment to these things, this is an opportunity for us to be purified of these things and to completely detach. So that way, the only thing and the only one that we are clinging to is our Lord Jesus Christ. 